0: It's good to see everybody, welcome you guys who are watching online, I want you to encourage you to continue to share the post and we're reaching a lot more people than we are here in the, just in the, inside the sanctuary, but I just, uh, I want to just yield our hearts right now because it's very obvious the Spirit of God is dealing with our hearts and God is in the, in the business of changing our hearts, you guys realize that? And uh, the admonishment that Sam gave us earlier about God cleaning up things in our life. You know, that this last several weeks we've been uh, allowing the Spirit of God to clean up some some pride in our hearts. And God's been doing some surgery on us. And so if you're a guest with us today or if you're getting you know online, uh, this is week four of a series that we've been doing on uh, growing in the favor of God and uh, it it originated out of after we lost kristen supinger and the the grief that we went through as we seen god strengthen her and bring healing to her body then we would lose ground and we seen favor and god would do things and, um, and it was like we were drawing a line in the sand that, no, God, we want to walk in the favor of God. We want to see the manifestation of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this message has kind of been birthed out of that process that we've went through as a church. And that we want to grow in the favor of God. Does everybody want to grow in the favor of God on your life? So we've been talking over the last several weeks, what are those things that attract the favor of God? So if you've missed those messages, it's really, really important maybe for you to go back and listen to them if you've not been with us or if you haven't heard them online, I really want to encourage you to go back. The Lord is doing something. There is a momentum. There is a presence of God on this, but he really is bringing correction to our hearts in this journey. And it's been beautiful, and uh, I, I see fruit from it, and I just praise God that he is moving on our behalf and he's doing something so so if you're taking notes over the last uh, several weeks you should have about four points that you've had in your notes and I'm going to kind of review that briefly but I want to dive into the heart of my message today but oh growing in the favor of God there were the four points we've made so far are God rewards us That literally God loves us so much and that he loves to reward his kids (laughs) and uh, there is a reward in serving God and uh, number two we must believe and we must believe he exists we must believe he he is who he is and we must yield to him number three was we must diligently seek God the passage we used was in Hebrews where it said uh, that that God literally he brings favor to those who diligently seek him. And so favor is tied to diligently and earnestly seeking the Lord. And so we talked about that in that second week where we have to be people who are diligently and earnestly seeking after God. And as we do that, God brings favor towards our life. And then the fourth thing that we've talked on for a couple weeks is we must walk in humility. The Bible talks about how God resists or God opposes the proud. And so when we have pride in our life, God opposes that. And so, but it says also that God... He brings favor to the humble. And so we've talked about that over the last couple of weeks of how God He brings He brings humility. When we, when we bring humility to Him, He brings favor to us. And so humility is this thing that we've been working on over the last couple of weeks, and God's been exposing a lot of the pride in our hearts. And uh, so we've been on this journey to to acknowledge what pride is in our life and where we're walking in it To begin to unclothe ourselves from that pride Take it off and then clothe ourselves with humility and brokenness and to bring the humility And, and allow our hearts to grow in humility so that we can walk in the favor of God And one scripture that I didn't get to share last week But I wanted to hear before I move into my next message is is proverbs 22 two four. humility is the fear of the Lord And look at this, it's wages. Everybody say wages. Wages. It's wages are riches, honor, and life. That sounds like a really good payment back plan for God's people, that when we walk in humility, humility is the fear of the Lord. It's reverence to God. Humility is we're putting God in his rightful place, and we're putting ourselves in our rightful place, and it's wages are riches and honor and life. And so humility is the foundation for the rest of the series that I'm going to be doing. And so we're going to be going back and forth into humility because even the thing I'm going to share today requires deep, radical humility and for for it to come to your life. And so remember, radical humility is what we're going for. Radical humility is what we're pressing into. And it's going to bring tremendous favor, anointing, power. Demonstration of power is going to come in and through your life because we are a people who walk in humility. Can I have an amen on that? You agree with that? So so I was struggling on where to go this week. And so I was praying, do I continue in this pride, humility thing, or do I go to the next thing that i felt the lord was putting on my heart and um and then i had a dream tuesday and so i'm going to share a little bit of the dream that i had tuesday because i believe it is what is causing me to go to this point concerning growing in the favor of god and so in my dream um we were we were here in the sanctuary it was this sanctuary it was this people and um, we were getting ready to start the service. And I was up on the platform and I was getting ready to preach and it was a lot like what we ha- what happens On sunday mornings when we're coming in and people were kind of mingling around and you know And the worship team strikes the band and the and and and, and that that's, that song is really the call to worship It's the call to bring the people of god together And it was kind of like that except there was no music So I don't know if I was preaching first before the music or what but it really doesn't matter But it was it was that kind of atmosphere people were just mingling a lot of people were sitting down and I got up here to preach and I start my message and there's people on my left in the sanctuary that were talking and there were people on the right who were talking and there was several scattered throughout the sanctuary who were talking while I was preaching and so I, I continue to preach and, and people are continuing to talk and so I, I pause and I just asked people, hey, let's be quiet right now. We really need to listen to the word of the Lord that God is bringing this morning. And, um, and so then I went right back to preaching. And as I was preaching, people continued to talk. And it was really distractive. I mean, I was being very distracted. The people in the congregation were being very distracted. And, and so I come off the platform and I just go, please, please st- stop talking right now. I said, you don't realize the seriousness of the hour that we're in. I love you, and I'm concerned for you. I said, please, please stop talking. And the cloud got real quiet. You could hear a pin uh, drop. And I, and, I, and, I, and I said, do you not believe that I am speaking for the Lord today? said i've 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 prayed and i've fasted on this message and i love you and i want you to hear what god is saying and this is a critical hour that we're in please listen to what god has put in my heart to share and it got so quiet and so i went back up on the platform and i began to preach and people were startled and people were humbled And they began to listen to what the voice of the Lord was saying through me. And there's several points that I want to briefly make about the dream that I felt, God, why I'm going where I'm going today is because of that dream. But in the dream, it was this current sanctuary and was this current people. So I felt it was a current word. I felt it was something current that is going on in the house right now. The second thing that I sensed was people were focused on themselves and having fun with each other and they did not discern the seriousness of the hour nor their deep need for something. They didn't realize they had a need and it reminded me of Revelations 2. In Revelations 2, Jesus comes to John at the island of Patmos and he, and he gives the warning to the seven churches and one of the warnings to the, church, the churches was, you think you have no need. But you are wretched and poor and blind. And you have need to buy gold refined in the fire. And I believe the gold that we need is the Word of God. Refined. The Word refined in us. And that's what I thought of when I, when I, when I wrote down the dream and I shared it with Karen that morning. The third thing that was concerning me is there was no honor for myself or the Word of God. Remember the quote that I made last week is casual Christians do not walk in the favor of God. That casual Christians don't walk in miracles, signs, and wonders. And the scripture that came up in my heart was the passage where, where Jesus said a prophet is not honored in his own land. And that there was this issue of honor that... I've become familiar. And and I'm not saying that that's necessarily, I think what happens is we become so familiar with each other that we lose honor. And so the the, the message that I'm going to talk about today is the fifth thing that I want you to add to your list. And and that is that honor attracts the favor of God. Go ahead and write that down. Put that in your phone. Honor attracts attracts the favor of God repeat that with me honor attracts the favor of God So that's where we're gonna go today, and I felt that dream was why I needed to go there, and I don't know what God's gonna do with this. There's all, even next week, there's even a message stirring already concerning honor, so I know we're gonna spend several weeks on that. I know honor's in somebody else's heart as well, and so I don't know where God's gonna take us with this whole thing, but I really want you to realize there is a weightiness to this word. There is a weightiness of this message of pride because I promise you, you cannot and you will not honor people if pride is present in your heart. That's right. If you're not walking in humility, if you're, if you're not allowing God to bring humility to your heart and clothing yourself with humility, you will never ever be able to walk in honor. And so this is a real heavy message and I just feel the Lord on it. I feel like God the whole service There's just been a a God preparing our hearts. He said I there's some junk in your heart I want to get it out. There's some things in your heart. He said there's deliverance here today There is freedom here today. There's healing today and I believe that is internally spiritually. We need healing and deliverance Can I have an amen from somebody please? So my goal today is to understand what honor is I want to get into the Word of God today, and I want, to, I want us to look at what honor is and the importance of honor in our relationship with God and with each other. I want to talk about how honor is something that we are. It's not necessarily something we do. Honor is something that I carry. It's something who I am. And then it causes me to do something. But honor needs to be the very core value of who I am. Honor comes out of Our honor and obedience to God honor is not something you turn on and you turn off and so we're going to find out what that kind of honor looks like and what we're going to do is we're going to look into the word today and find out that honor the, the honor that we currently probably are walking in is the honor of the world and that there is an honor that is of the kingdom of heaven there is an honor that comes from the culture of heaven. There is an honor that we and myself, all of us, we need. And part of what it is is part of the time we will operate in the kingdom culture of honor, and most of the time we we operate in the kingdom culture of this world. And I'm going to show the difference between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of our God. And, I'm going to, and, and we're going to look at our hearts. We're going to look at what, what's going inside of us and where are, we, where are we landing more in? Are we landing more in the culture of this world or are we landing in the culture of heaven? Who wants to be in the culture of heaven? Remember, the culture of heaven is what we're bringing here. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are people who bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth, right? We're revivalists. We are people who bring God's presence to the earth. Amen? And so we have to know what that kingdom looks like. So let's first discover and look into what honor is and we're going to look at what what Paul look at what Paul said in his letter to the Romans. And so if you have your Bibles you can turn to Romans 12. If you have your iPhone, you can turn to Romans 12 or if you don't have that, you have this wonderful PowerPoint beside us so that we can take a look at it. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to use this this passage that Paul addresses the church in, in Rome. You know, right now when Paul is writing this, he's actually in Corinth. And so he's sending this letter to the church in Rome. And part of what he's saying to them is this. He's saying, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Everybody say that. Honor one another above yourselves. In the ESV version, it says, "Outdo one another in showing honor." How are you doing at outdoing everybody else in honor? It almost sounds like a competition. Hey Jeff, I'm going to honor you more than you honor me. (laughs) But what I did is I took the word honor here and uh, from all the different passages. And, and and the Greek word there on honor, we're going to talk about what it means and, and, and we're going to go into it. But Paul is given us this admonishment that we're to be devoted to one another in love, that's us, and that we're to honor other people before ourselves. And that kind of honor attracts God's favor. And so what does honor mean? So the Greek word on honor And just sum it down is having high respect great esteem or great value in someone let's all read that together that i am having high respect great esteem and great value in someone now i want to also say what dishonor is dishonor is the opposite of this dishonor is to lose honor it is to lose respect for someone it is to lose a reputation and i will say ultimately dishonor is rejection that actually rejection is the fruit of dishonor and we're going to find out why as we get into the word of god so God is asking us to have high respect for each other. He's asking us to have great esteem for each other. He's asking us to have great value for one another. Honor, the foundation, the foundation of honor is this. Honor is founded in the value of who you are to God. Honor comes from the fact that we are created in the image of God, by God, and each of us are unique. Each person is called by God for greatness and gifted by God to accomplish a destiny. We are all, what, fearfully and wonderfully made. And as a Christian, I must value and take on what God values. So honor comes out of this thing that God honors you. God God thinks you're just great. He thinks you're fearfully and wonderfully made, and I am supposed to honor what God honors, because I'm a believer, right? And so I have to put honor where God is honoring. And so God honors us all. God loves us so much, and there is no one in this room that is not uniquely made. You have a unique destiny. You have a unique, unique call upon your life. You have a unique gift. Each one of us in this room have a unique gift. We have a unique purpose under heaven. And God is asking, and so the value, the value of who you are comes from this very thing that you are created in the very image of God. You are an image bearer. Say, I'm an image bearer. bearer. The person beside you is an image bearer. Now, sometimes they don't bear the exact image of God, right? And that's where it gets a little messy. Unfortunately, my wife gets to see me not image-bear Christ sometimes. And I've seen you guys not bear the image of God. Ashley's denied that right over there on the first row. But each person is called by God for greatness, and they're gifted by God to accomplish a destiny. And the reality of honor is this. Honor is something you are, then it affects what you do. Honor is something you are, and then it affects what you do. It affects how I treat you. It affects, if I am, walk, if I am honor, I am love, because that's who we are as Christians, I am honor, and because I am honor, it is going to affect how I behave, what I do, how I treat you, and, and so forth. So, Here's the issue, though, when it comes to honor. We can either make our honor conditional, conditioned based upon your performance, based upon you being honorable, or we can choose to recognize the value each person deserves based upon their value and identity in God. I'm going to repeat that. This is really critical. You may want to write this down. We can either make our honor conditional based on someone's performance or we can choose to recognize the value each person deserves based on their value and their identity in God. So what I'm saying is I can either keep my honor on and I can honor you based upon your performance and you doing right things. Or I can see you as a creature and an honor. You you are made in the image of God, and I can tie my honor to the fact that you are called by God and you have a destiny and that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I can either look at you according to the flesh, or I can look at you according to the Spirit. Does that make sense? So, for example, we'll say Mike and Tom were up here worshiping or Lizzie and, and the others, or I can take the prophetic team, Sam and Jeff and Alger and Tina. You can honor those gifts and you can allow them to speak into your life based upon them performing well, or I can, I can, I can let go of my honor and say, well, Mike, you're just not missing, You're not making the mark. And so... I'm going to dishonor you, I'm going to not honor you, or Tom, or, or Lizzie. Because your life is not perfect, I, can, I, I, I will withdraw my honor. Right. Right. Or I can say, no, Mike, or Tom, Jeff, Alger, me, whoever, No, you are created in the very image of God and there is a gift and a destiny inside of you. There is a call to greatness inside of you and that's what I'm going to focus my affection on. That's what I'm going to focus my attention on. And it requires humility to do that. I'm going to take this a step further out of 1 Peter and look what Peter said. We heard what Paul said, but then Peter takes it up a notch. Then Peter says, honor all people. Everybody say, honor all people. people. Love the brotherhood. brotherhood. Fear God. God. Honor Honor the emperor. Who's left out of that? Honor all people. Even the emperor. We'll get to that a little bit later. Peter sets a standard of honor that includes all people here everyone is recognized as being significant and unique in their value according to peter we therefore are we we therefore have to carry honor into every relationship whether it's the lady at the grocery store in the checkout whether it's the driver that's going by you that is frustrating the daylights out of you whether it's your pastor whether it's your son or your daughter, whether it's somebody at work, that I am to carry honor into every one of those relationships. That literally, I am in charge of my honor. I am responsible for my honor. I am responsible for my love. I cannot turn my love off. I can't turn my honor off. That really, Peter is saying, you must honor all people. It is not dependent on us receiving honor from someone else. And honor is not something where you manipulate me to make me honor you. Well, I'm your husband, you need to honor me. No, it don't work that way. I'm your pastor, honor me. No, it doesn't work that way. You don't manipulate people to get honor. Can I have any amen on that? It is our choice to honor. It is our choice to love. In the face of a crowd cursing Christ, spitting on him, murdering him, Jesus does this Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What ultimately was Jesus saying? Your actions will dictate. Whether you choose to love or not. Jesus, in that instance, was choosing to keep his love on. He was choosing to keep his honor on and he was choosing to keep his forgiveness on. Even though he was being dishonored. Even though he was being murdered. Even though he was being abused. He chose to keep his love on. He chose to keep his honor on and he chose to keep his forgiving on. There are people not in this church right now and in many churches in this city because of their pride. They they have been upset by somebody. Somebody's jacked them up. Somebody's hurt them. Somebody's disappointed them. And they've removed their honor, and they've removed their butt from the seat because they've chosen not to honor the Lord and to honor people even when people mess up. But jesus gave us this amazing example where he kept his honor on he kept his love on And we're responsible to keep that love on and to keep that honor on can I have an amen on that? You're in control of your own love you're in control of your own honor And you're also in control of your own forgiveness when you don't forgive people who does it torment? We're the ones that pay the higher price So, if I'm responsible, I better figure out how to honor, right? If I'm responsible to keep it on, I better figure out how to do it. Because it's going to require radical humility in order to have radical honor. And so that's why I really laid the foundation of humility over the last couple weeks. Because we've got to get rid of this pride. Because our pride puts us in odds with people all the time. So, what I want to do now is I want to begin to compare... The honor of this world with the honor of God's kingdom because they're different. And I want to begin to paint a picture of what that looks like so that we can begin to see what it is God's requiring of us and what He's looking for. So, the world's way of honor is this in today's culture. See if you agree with me here. <coughs> in today's culture, we honor those who are honorable. We extend trust and influence to the people that we honor and we value them. Would you agree with that? In our culture, we then develop a system of punishment to hold other people accountable to this honor and trust that we're giving to them. So what we do is if you do anything that's unhonorable, then I withdraw my honor If you do something that your behavior or something is, is not to par of what I think it should be, what the, in this culture of this world, what we do is we take back our honor, and we, choose not to, and we choose to dishonor, and we do not allow that person to have the influence in our life. Is that correct? As soon as you do something that is not honorable to me, I remove my value of you. Hear me, this is the pattern of this world. As soon as you do something dishonorable, I remove the value of who you are and I take it back. Then I remove my honor and I take my honor back. Then I take my trust of you and I take it back. And now you have no influence over my life. And then I punish you the world system then punishes you until you come back into conformance to the behavior that I want to see parents do it all the time we punish and we withdraw our love we withdraw our honor and we wait until your behavior is back to what I want it to be is that not what we do in this culture <clears throat> so I punish you relationally with my rejection I punish you With my rejection of you In order to bring you back into control To manipulate you To get you to perform the way you need to perform Bible calls that divination Divination As long as you are performing well, I will honor you. That's the world system. As long as you're performing well, I will honor you. I will trust you and I will value you. The problem with that type of honor, guess what the problem with that kind of honor is? It's centered around pride. It's centered around your pride, your punishment, your standards, are what determines whether you're going to let that back person back into honor or not. You're in control of the honor and who gets honored, rather than God being in control of who gets honored. So your pride is now in control, and you've slipped back under law, and you've slipped back under performance. Your pride is now being opposed by God and favor will not come your way. You are now being opposed by God because your pride wants to do it the way the world wants you to do it. And to give honor conditionally is the way the world wants you to honor other people. And that's the system of this world. And because of it, favor is eluding so many in the body of Christ because we don't honor the way God honors. And so what we do is we end up walking and we're controlled by our own pride rather than being controlled by God's love and his value of the other person. And that's the culture of this world. That's what's wants to seduce you. That's why when Paul says, be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. There is a culture of this world that is constantly seducing us. You t- I'll take, let, me, let me spend 15 minutes with you at work and we'll see what kind of honor you have towards your boss. 15 minutes in a conversation, and I've done it, and what are we doing? We're talking about somebody, and we're dishonoring them within 15 minutes, and we're gossiping, dishonoring the person. I've done it. I've smoked that pipe. Anybody else? And that's the way the world works, and that's the world's honor, but I say that kind of honor, anybody can do that kind of honor. Because that's a fleshly, prideful way to honor. And God has a different culture. God's culture looks different. God's honor looks different. God's honor is unconditional. Everybody say unconditional. God's kind of honor is true honor. And it's based upon who I am. It's based upon the value of who I am in God. It's based upon the value of who you are in God. So when my boss acts like a rear end, I'm going, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has put you in authority over me for a reason. There is a purpose. There is a destiny for your life. And I'm choosing to see them after the destiny that God has placed in them rather than how they're behaving or how they're acting. Now, I want to go into this again on 1 Peter 2.17 right here for a moment. As Peter's upping the ante and he's saying, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. When I was studying, I was like, you know, why is Peter saying honor the emperor? Who was the emperor at the time? Does anybody have an idea who the emperor was? Somebody said it, Nero. Actually, Nero was the emperor at the time that this writing has taken place. Now, I'll give you a little idea. Emperor was a title. Caesar. The, You've heard the word Caesar. That's a title for the emperor. You know, we have you know, Julius Caesar that all the plays were written about. He, he, he was born about 100 years before uh, the birth of Christ. That was, that was Julius Caesar, that the Shakespeare and all that stuff that about made me vomit. Anybody else struggle with all that stuff? I if anyway, that that's where Julius Caesar was. And then there was Caesar Augustus that ruled when Jesus was born. And then there was Tiberius Caesar. He is mentioned at the beginning of John the Baptist's ministry. And at this time, Nero was the Caesar at the time. He was the emperor. And Peter is saying specifically to the Christians, he's saying to them, guys, I want you to honor Nero. Do you guys know who Nero was? awful awful let me share a little bit about nero claudius caesar born in ad 37 nero was well educated by the philosopher seneca this philosopher taught he would have he would have spent he would have grown up under seneca and been with him day after day teaching him the philosophies of the roman empire this, is, this is would have been a lot like what Samuel uh, did with Eli when Samuel went to the house of God and Hannah gave her, her son to, to, to Samuel to raise in the house of God. That's what this would have looked like. Samuel spent the whole time in the house of God being trained in, 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 by Eli. And this is what this would have looked like. N- literally, Nero would have spent years with this philosopher. And guess what, guess what uh, Nero did to this philosopher? He literally forced him to commit suicide later on. That's who Nero was. Nero murdered his way to the top of the imperial throne, which he occupied from 54 AD to 68 AD. His life was characterized by debauchery, violence, and extravagance. He caused his own mother to be killed. That's the kind of man Peter is saying, honor him. Nero was the Caesar whom Paul would make his appeal when he's in prison. And Paul, you know, he goes to Rome and he's in prison for two years. And and, and Paul is waiting to to, to have his case before Nero. And Paul waits for two years in prison, waiting for his appeal, waiting for his opportunity to prove himself innocent. And Nero doesn't even give him the time of day. Actually, Nero hated Christians. Paul was a Roman soldier. Paul had rights. And Paul did not demand his rights. He didn't complain. He literally submitted himself to the leadership of Nero in his day. I mean, think about this, guys. He goes to prison and he yields himself. He literally honors Nero and sits under his authority and waits patiently to be judged. (laughs) for two years, and Paul finally wins his appeal, but not, quite, not long after he wins his appeal, actually Nero, according to the historian Eusebius, Nero beheaded Paul, and he is the one that caused Peter to be crucified upside down. Oh, and by the way, you're supposed to honor him. Honor him, high esteem, high value. As a child of God in the image of your Creator you are to honor him really guys this and this had to been inspired by the Holy Ghost this scripture had to be inspired by the Holy Spirit because who in their right mind would say honor that kind of guy I promise you Peter in his own right mind Peter who cut the the ear off of Gaius As they came to arrest Jesus, I promise you that guy would not write this scripture unless he was inspired by the Spirit of God. Because what Peter would have said in his flesh is, oh no, dude, we're going to kill Nero. We're going to take him down. We're not going to honor him. But Peter, being inspired by the power of the Holy Spirit, he writes this scripture and he tells the Christians. He says, guys, I want you to honor the emperor. That's why our kind of honor is not based upon conditions. Honor is not based upon Nero's performance. Honor is not based upon Pastor Eric's performance or Tom's or Mike's or Jeff's or Frieda's or Fricka's and whoever Bucka's, Eukiba's. And all you out there in Facebook land, love you too. Peter says to honor and have high respect, great esteem, and great value of Nero. Peter had to be inspired by the Spirit of God to write that. Because I know what I would have written. I know what kind of honor I would have wanted to give Nero. Matter of fact, I sinned many years ago when it came to Obama as I disrespected and dishonored a man that God had put in authority. And I've had to repent of that. How could God require us to submit and to honor imperfect authority? Why would God do that? It goes against the very fiber of your pride. This is the kingdom of heaven. This kind of honor is the kingdom of our God. Nero was created in the image of God for greatness. He was highly valued by God is why God told Peter to honor the emperor, or Paul to honor the emperor. No, Peter, excuse me. Because he had a destiny, so we br- come back to the scripture where it says, "Honor all people." <laughs> There's tons of scriptures about slaves honoring their owners. Dear God, we're not into slavery, right? No, but he Paul even gives an admon- admonition to the slaves that honor. Even those slave masters who are not treating you well. What? Workers, honor your employer as unto the Lord. What? I've had some rough bosses. Anybody else had some rough bosses? And here's what I want to say. And it was great in the prophetic team because we we talked about this. We're not talking about just honoring authority. We're talking about honoring all people. I'm not talking about you just honoring me or or somebody in your boss or somebody who is in, you know, the president of the United States. It's talking about honoring all people. That honor attracts the favor of God. Honor attracts the favor of God. And you say, well, honor your father and mother. Heck no. I'm not going to honor that man. He, he sexually abused me. Honor is not based upon conditions. Now, I'm not saying you put yourself in an unsafe position. But the Bible says to hold him in high esteem and high value. Because he's created in the very image of your maker. He is an image bearer. He has value. He has value to God and he is to have value to you. But my mom, she was so, uh, no, no, honor your father and mother. It's the first, it's the first commandment with a promise. That when you honor your father and mother, it will go well with you. I missed something. It will go well with you. Okay, father and... and mother. Mother and or fu- yeah. I'm glad you're listening, my wife. (laughs) Honor your father and mother. And it will go well with you, and you will have what? Length of days. It will go well with you. Sounds like favor to me. I know a lot of parents say, oh, I hope you're listening to that, Johnny. (laughs) Honor your president. No way, he's a pride ball. Honor is not based upon conditions. He is made in the image of God and God is using him as a Cyrus in this season in order to bring this nation back to God. And he's called whether he's a pride ball or not. He's called as the leader of this nation and the Bible says, submit yourself to all authority. Honor all authority. We'll get into that later. Because again, honor is not based upon conditions. That'll preach in Democrats and Republicans alike. Because I will honor if the next president is a Democrat, or if it's a Republican, or if it's an Independent, or if it's a donkey. Honor your pastors. No way, man. They frustrate the daylights out of me. Why do they do this? Why do they do that? I don't know either. (laughs) Honor your boss. No way, man. He's such a jerk. Honor all men. So here's my question for you guys this is really the meat of the message. Is your honor of others attracting the favor of God? Is your current level of honoring others attracting the favor of God, or is it repelling the favor of God? Why don't you just close your eyes right now and just ask God that? Ask God, Lord, what is the condition of my honor? Is my level of honor God attracting your favor or is it being opposed by you? The next question I have is do you turn your honor off and on when someone disappoints you? What do you do with your honor when they disappoint you? Do you then in turn begin to reject them and pull your honor away? I tell you, years and years ago, I had a dear brother in the Lord that was constantly dishonoring me and constantly rejecting any authority, any input that I had over his life and the Lord prophetically told me if he doesn't get set free of his pride and his rejection he's going to be an Absalom to you and he will betray you rejection is the fruit of dishonor who are you rejecting in your life who are you backing away from in relationship? Who are you staying away from? That exposes who you're dishonoring. Who is it? Search your heart. God said today he was going to do a work in our hearts to clean up some junk, to set us free, to break bondages off of our thinking because we've thought the way the world thinks when it comes to honor and we've loved and we've honored conditionally in the body of Christ. And God's trying to renew our minds this morning. He's trying to break off the the cogs in our thinking that thinks that we have the right to dishonor people We have no right to dishonor that which God honors. And when you reject others, you're actually rejecting God. You're actually rejecting His image bearers. You're actually rejecting God, and you're not trusting in his ability to correct people and their behavior. And so you, in your pride, want to correct them and withdraw your love, withdraw your honor because you want them corrected. And that, my friends, is pride. So the question that you need to ask the Lord this morning is what do you want to correct in my heart and how I honor people? This is a weighty message. It's weighty for me and it's weighty for you honor attracts the favor of God and I believe because we've been dishonoring so many people in our path we ourselves have not been honored and the favor of God is not coming towards us but it's going away from us Jesus said the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second is is like it, to love others as you do yourself. If God is convicting you, I want you to stand up
1: and honor the Lord
0: right now. If you would put on some music, please, Elena. It was rough writing this message. As God began to expose my own dishonor of people. I'm so sorry publicly. I thought I was doing a better job than I actually were. was. The congregation, I repent before you that I have had dishonor and rejection in my own heart towards people. And I publicly repent. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I've dishonored some of you in my heart. And Father, I'm so sorry that that dishonor is really, I've dishonored you. And I've not valued that which you have valued. And so publicly, Lord, I repent. And I ask that you would forgive me. But Father, I know I'm not the only one in this house who has dishonored, who have put people down, who withdraw, who reject, who gossip who wound people with words. But I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do a work in our hearts. I'm asking God for the wind to blow. I'm asking for the wind to blow in this house. That you, God, would strip away our pride. That God, you would, you would offend our hearts. And that you would convict us of the pride that we walk in as we dishonor people. I just want you to get serious before the Lord. This is a weighty message. This is a timely message. This is something God is saying in this hour. Will you, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, humble yourselves and pray and seek my face and turn, turn from your wickedness, turn from your pride, turn, 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 turn with me, help me. This is our finest, finest hour right now. This is a fine hour that we're in right now. We are in a beautiful place as a church. We're in a beautiful place. I know there are people who are hurting. But will you allow the Spirit of God to change you? Honor is not conditional. It is not conditional. Allow the Spirit of God to convict you today and do something about it. I'm going to lead us in a prayer of repentance. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you mean it, say it. But pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Jesus. convict me. Remove my deception. Remove my my lofty thoughts. thoughts. Forgive me of my pride. Forgive Forgive me for not honoring others. Forgive me for putting conditions on my honor. Forgive me for putting conditions on my love. Forgive me for putting conditions on my, Forgive for conditions on my forgiveness. Forgive me for putting conditions on my I confess to you, Lord. To you, Lord. My, sin my sin of dishonor. My sin of looking at people and devaluing them. Lord, I desire to honor others as you honor them. So I ask that you would change the way I think. Deliver me from my pride. Deliver me from my arrogance. And help me to walk in your love. Lord, we ask today that you would forgive us. And that you would help us this week to forsake the world's way of honoring and to grab a hold of how you honor. Take the blinders off my eyes. Humble my heart and help me to honor all people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is the prophetic team getting anything else that you sensed from the Lord We talked before service about how to end the service. I didn't didn't make homework for you guys. I promise you God's going to give you homework. And it's going to be as soon as you walk out this door. I was faced with dishonoring people all week as I was preparing this message. Situation after situation came before me. And God said, are you going to honor Or are you going to dishonor? Are you going to see the value in the person? Are you going to discount them? Or are you going to honor them and lift them up and look at them with high esteem? So I promise you guys, we're in the middle of something where God's wanting to break something off of you. And I promise you, he's going to give you homework. (laughs) You can take this message and listen to it again and again and again. But I promise you. Somebody's going to cross you as you walk out the door. Somebody's not going to say hi to you the way you wanted them to say hi to you. Or they're going to have a mask on and you're going, oh, take that mask off. Or tomorrow we might find that they make another restriction on us and we're going to go, oh, up yours. (laughs) And you're going to have an opportunity to say, you are put there by God. And I honor you, but I think it's silly. You're going to get a wonderful opportunity to put this word into practice this week. I promise you. Yeah. Practice honor. Don't make it conditional. And realize that God wants you to honor all people. Father, I thank you for that. And I just pray you a blessing over your people today, God, as they leave this congregation, as they leave this sanctuary, God, that, Father, you would bring them opportunity after opportunity to put this word into practice. Father, I pray that each one of us would forgive those who have offended us, that we've written off, that we've discounted, and we've not put that esteem and value on. Father, would you help us to work that out this week of repenting and letting go of the bitterness and the hurt towards others so that we, God, can honor those that you honor. Father, I thank you that honor attracts your favor. And Father, I thank you that we have a people here who desire to walk in honor and they desire to walk in your favor. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all God's people said, Amen. amen.